Hi, my name is Ian Riley. And I'm Michael Fields. And you're listening to My Best Guess. It's a show where we invite all dads and father figures to join us as we journey through the unique challenges and joys of fatherhood. So grab your coffee and pull up a chair because whether you're a seasoned dad or soon to be, we're excited for you to join us on this episode of My Best Guess. And so I said, Nutcracker. I know I'm not going to go there again, but thanks guys for joining us today. We're really excited to have you on. Um, Ian. How <laughs> how has your week of fathering been? It's a terrible. One. Uh, um, it's been a good week. It's been a good week. It's been. Uh, it feels like every week. Um, of course, you know. So we have our our two year old, and then we're fostering another two year old. And uh, so every week we see lots of different milestones, and they may be small, but it feels significant. And uh, every week, um, our daughter Eliza, she. She's just coming into her own more and more and more. She's, she's okay. So she's getting to the point, and this is just the best. She's able to articulate, like, how much she enjoys one thing. Oh, that's cool. You know, it's like I. It used to be like I want pretzels. like to the degree. A little bit, yeah. So you know, she's always she's already been to the point where she's like, I want pretzels. You know, so okay, great, we'll give you pretzels. Mm. Now she's like, I love pretzels. <laughs> Yeah, she said, you know, and she doesn't sound, you know, that, but she's... And you're like, okay. But she's like, you know, she really is like, I I love this. I love that. And so this is just the sweetest thing. So uh, before we go to bed, you know, I say, okay, Liza, I love you. You're safe. All the things. And then I give her, give her a kiss. And, uh, and she loves doing it. It's like the slobber. It's super slobber on her end, you know, and there's still a little bit of snot. So I have to Mm. wipe every time, but, but I, you know, I, I love giving her a kiss and, um, I thought up to this point that she just does it to appease me. You know, I'm like, okay, Liza, I love you. Kisses. And then she kind of leans forward, you know, she like, looks like a beached whale when she tries to sit up, but she gets up there and she gives me a kiss. Um, well, today she left the house and with, with mom and they're going to, uh, to drop her off to take care. And, and we take two different cars. And so Eliza's like, dad, kisses. We, you know, like we need to do kisses. And I'm like, okay, okay, Eliza, let me put, you know, foster kid in and let me run over there and, and give Eliza kisses. So I go over there and I give her kisses. And then Cass texts me like minutes later, you know, she's like, Eliza's just saying in the car, I love kissing dada. Oh, I'm like, oh my gosh. That's just gorilla grips it, your heart. Doesn't, doesn't it? it? Like, I'm like, oh, okay, Eliza, we'll do more. Like, I just love, you know, I, I love giving her affection. I love giving her affection. Um, because she normally she doesn't. I talked about this previously. That's like usually if I try to pat her back or give her a hug, sometimes she's like, "No, like, I want mom." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, like it just like physically, no, no, daddy physically rejects me. Um, uh, but it's the the moments where she does want to give me hugs or apparently wants to give you know kisses and whatever. I'm just like, oh my gosh, my heart just melts. So that's been really fun this week. What about you? Nice. Um, well, I'll go quick and then we'll get into content, but, uh, yeah, the, the main thing this week has just been Lillian has been sleeping so much better. We had one really hard night. Um, we're trying, we were trying to kind of like wean her feeds so that she would eat more during the day and then not have to feed as much at night. And she's taking like six ounce bottles now, which is amazing. Um, she's having like well, five five to six ounces, and so like for each feeding, and so she's having like six to seven feeds rather than like eleven or twelve during each day, which is yeah. great. And that, and she's been sleeping a ton. She slept. We had one really hard night, 
And then we moved to where she only woke up a couple of times. And last night, dude, she slept for 10 hours-ish straight. We set an alarm. Nice. We set an alarm to wake up at like 1 a.m. just to like check in on her and see if everything was okay. And she was fine. She was just conked. And she woke up at like, Ooh. but she woke up at six and she was like, I'm ready to eat. <laughs> so that was funny. Um, Wait, is there, so, so just for all the, all the, you know, dads who listen to this, because our audience is just, you know, numerous and they come by the thousands. Mm. And so many of them, you know, are like, what, you know, how do I, uh, how do, how do I sleep train? How do I get my kid there? Any pro tips? What you got? Oh, boy. Well, this is super controversial, so I don't like... Everybody's got their own thing, right? But um, but I would say for us, we just got to the point where it's like, okay, it's going to be... It's just good for her to sleep, Yep. right? And so... And the more that she's up during the night, the less she's sleeping, and it, we've just felt like, okay, this is not good for her. It's not good for us to be up all this time because then... You know, it's really hard for us to maintain our habits and our things because we're just sleep deprived all the time. So we just decided, okay, we're going to follow, you know, we're going to follow this. We're going to put her in a sleep sack instead of swaddling her. And she's three months, by the way, which is a little early, but we just decided it's time. So we put her in a sleep sack, which means her arms are out. Um, And she had so she kind of had to learn how to not smack herself in the face. Sure. You know, in the middle of the night um, and wake herself up. But it's genetic. Yeah, and she can't replace her own binky, but um, she has learned how to like kind of suck her thumb, and that's only through us doing pop-ins and like practicing her falling her asleep on her own. So um, we don't do the cry it out; we do the taking care of babies methods. So you guys can check that out online if you want to um, do something like that. And again, she recommends like four or five months, I think, but we did it a little early. But she's done great with it, honestly. Um, I would just. Check with your pediatrician first, always. We did with ours, and he said she was ready at like two months. So, wow. yeah. So we were like, well, I don't know if it's time, but, um, but no, she's done super well, and you can tell that she's really well rested when she wakes up, and and it's been really good for her, and it's been good for us too. So, yeah. So anyway, we'll um, let's let's jump into content yeah, for let's today. Do it. Um, today we're going to talk about the t- the uh, well, I have ten things, but we're going to talk about the things that our dads did. That we want to replicate yeah. in our own fathering. Um, Ian, do you want to go first? Or do you want me to go? Uh, yeah. Or we're just gonna let's go back and forth. Or just want me to list them all. Just yeah, let's go back and forth. Okay. Um, something something um, my dad did, and uh, that I that I'm like actually genuinely excited to uh, to replicate is uh, I I thought that my dad did a good job of inviting me into his hobbies. Yeah, it wasn't like. And of course, right, like, I guess it depends on the hobby. You know, what if you have a hobby that, like, a kid shouldn't be doing, then, you know, don't do that. But uh, the, but he, you know, his hobbies, you know, were video games and movies, um, Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, you know, stuff like that. So um, he, and it, but it was never like, oh, this is dad's thing. You know, he watches these movies and we don't. It was, it was like he was active in bringing us in and inviting us into his hobbies. And so to this day, not that I'm like a big fan of what Star Wars has done with, or what Disney has done with Star Wars, but uh, Tuesday, I'm going to say that I'm a Star Wars fan. Come you on. Know, I'm going to, you know, like, I, I love watching through those movies. I think that, I think it's a lot of fun. And um, I think, yeah, I think even if, even if you don't like where they went narratively, I think the Star Wars movies are just a, there's a fun time to watch, you know, like who doesn't want to see a lightsaber? Like, you know, like, the lightsabers are the best part. Hands gosh, down. It's just so sure. cool. Yeah. 
Um, and uh, and then the Lord of the Rings movies and the Hobbit movies and and um, reading the books, just like you know, like and it's just been fun. And then I, I'm you know at a really early age, um, our dad got us a like a I want to say it was a Super Nintendo, and we just how old are you? I know, dude. I'm old. It's like eighties, isn't it? Well, I mean, like, you know, but you, whatever. So, don't judge me, Michael. We're the same age. What'd you play on the Nintendo? Uh, I, we, played, uh, we played Link to the Past. The game is goaded, dude. That's really fun, yeah. Some we, of you dads out there might remember that game. Yeah, we, we played that, and then we played, um, we had, like, the Super Mario All-Stars cart, you know, uh, that had, like, eight different Mario games on sure. it. So we'd play that together. But, like, it was a full-on hobby, you know, so we would go... I have two brothers, and so dad would take us to, like, retro game stores or to, like, GameStop. And we, like, that in and of itself was a trip. We'd just go, and we'd look around, and eventually we got a GameCube, you know, and so we'd just... Oh, um, the GameCube. We should do an episode on the GameCube. Just the GameCube, yeah. And But it was just so much fun, you know, and so I look back at that and think how cool, how cool that my dad had this hobby of gaming or really just nerdy stuff. My dad's a big nerd. Um... But it's really fun to look back on that because it's like he just invited us into that nerdy space. He wasn't like shy about being a nerd. And if anything, he raised us in the ways of the nerd, you know. And so, yeah, to this day, big Star Wars fan, big Lord of the Rings fan. I like video games. Um, the old, you know, uh, Nintendo games, I think, are just so much fun. And, and I get like these warm feelings every time I get to get to play something old like that. So yeah, just a fun thing. And, and I'm excited. You know, I have different hobbies now and some of them are, you know, like Lord of the Rings, like oh, all those hobbies I, I still carry today. But mm-hmm. I have other hobbies that I'm so excited for Eliza to get to the age where I'm like, OK, like tag along with me, you know, and, and come enjoy these hobbies with me. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a really cool thing that my dad did that I'm really excited to to implement. Yeah, I remember we brought over we we came over for Halloween this year, and I remember we we brought over the new Nintendo Switch Mario game, and we were playing, and Bowser turned into like this big nasty like cat soul or something, and he was just doing the ha you yeah. know thing on the <laughs> yeah. screen, and Eliza was just kind of looked at him like like kind of wide eyed like oh. And Ian was like, tell that Bowser, no, no, Bowser. No. And she started doing it. No, no, Bowser. No, no, go away. No, no, go away. It was really funny. So, yeah, I'm excited for that kind of phase, too. I was, I mean, I've also been, my dad wasn't a big gamer, but he, like, I'm like, I have vivid memories of us spending time gaming together. Like, one big thing we did, we played very early on, the PlayStation 1 was uh, dating myself as well. Yeah. Um, was we played Frogger, Did dude? You really? Oh my gosh, that game! Y'all was played like goaded. side by side. Yeah, and <clears throat> dude, that that game was hard. Okay, like way harder than anything you you know people play out there today. Frogger was incredibly difficult, and we would play it all the time. And we got to some levels that we were just like, I don't know if we can do this. But I would be sitting in his lap, you know. Really small, and yeah, I remember that. That's a good memory. Do you memory. know when, the, when did the PlayStation 1 come out? Oh, dude, probably 1995, was 1996. When was, when was 2? Was it 2000? Had to be, yeah. Oh, whatever. 2000, 2001. Because I was, fo- well, yeah, I don't want to get into it. but Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, okay, well, my first one was um, not as fun as that one. It's Teach My Kids Practical Skills. So my dad grew up um, 
don't want to say he grew up on a farm. Like I, he, they did have like a farm um, for a while, I think. And uh, my grandpa had some land and different things like that. And so they would go out and like dig up potatoes and like milk the cows and do things like that. Um, and obviously I'm not going to teach Lillian how to do any of that because I don't know anything about that stuff. But, you know, as far as like, you know, like, I want to give her practical tips about how to do things like, you know, how to mow the lawn, how to, you know, uh, take out the trash, clean the dishwasher out, like things like this that I grew up having to do that are really important, especially in marriage, you know, like, like you have to run the household. And so you have to know how to do some of these things. Um, and my dad did a really good job of like teaching me how to do these things. I'm going to tell on him though. I'm going to say that he, um, my dad actually would like show me how to do this stuff. Like, oh, you, here's how to power wash the you know back porch, yep. and then he would do it himself. Yep. So like he would get, it would like here's how to power wash the back porch, like, and then he away. would like do the entire back porch except for like one little spot, and then he'd be like, okay, here you go, now finish it off. And I'm like, dad, like if you're gonna have me out here in the freezing cold, you know, like power washing the back porch. Why don't you just give me the thing and let me yeah. like go to work? Like you're not going to learn how to do it unless like. So anyway, that that's what I want to do for for Lillian is give her some practical skills and impress upon them why. Yeah, it's important to learn practical skills is because it builds confidence. Like it's going to give her confidence to know, hey, I can figure this stuff out. I can do it. I might even give her less information than my dad gave me, um, which is which is very possible because yeah. my dad gave me all the information. Um. And just kind of let her figure out some of this stuff on her own. Yeah. Um, me supervising, of course, but yeah. Sure. I think that's good because there's, um, of course, like, you can't parent without giving some practical information. Like, that's just part of parenting, you know? But to go into it with the being very intentional about, like, you know, cars don't just, you know, break down or just start whatever like here's some practical tips of, of how this works but of course i'd have to you know know how a car works to be able to help my daughter learn how that okay i don't know but you know what i'm saying like yeah we don't know how a car go, works. going into heater go, <laughs> going going into going into fatherhood with with that perspective of like no i i i'm gonna look through the lens of like how can i teach you really practical things i think that's a really good healthy mindset that is really invaluable. Like you, we're going to have to learn, um, practical, helpful things. So it's great. Um, something my dad did that, uh, that to this day, I, I, it just sort of is ingrained in me. Um, he, he showed me how to be inclusive and I don't know how to, I don't know how best to even describe how I think my dad, um, even now, I think he's just generous in spirit and in love. Like, there's no one, there's no one my dad talk to, talks to that he's not a friend to. You know, like he's like it doesn't matter what your background is, where you're from, what what opinions you have. He may disagree with you, but uh, you know, I've seen my dad interact with all kinds of people and from all sorts of walks of life, and I think that's the best way to put. It. I think he's just naturally a friend to people. And of course, right. There's, I'm not trying to make him, make him out to be perfect. Dad, I love you. But you know, like we, you know, everyone, like no one's just, you know, per- but like, I think that he's lived that out from my seat, from what I've seen in my dad. I think that he's, he's done a really good job at that. 
like and a has, non-judgmental yeah, kind of mindset. Yeah, just inclusive. He welcomes all and and he's just a friend. Like he really seems like he's a friend to everyone he meets. I think that's his first I I, I don't know if stranger is in his vocabulary. You know, at least in his mind. You know, it's like you're just a friend. You know, you know I'm going to be brotherly to you, I'm going to be neighborly to you and I'm going to be your friend. And that honestly, I hadn't really thought about that like that quality in him until recently. And when I'm kind of putting thoughts together for um, the show and I won't tell you how soon that or how recent that was, but you know, like I, you know, but sitting through thinking, well, what are the qualities that my dad did or what are the things that he did? Um, that really is meaningful to me like that. And I think there's just like this thing in me now from the way that he raised me and the way that I saw my dad inter- interact with all the people that he interacted with, like, I think it's just like ingrained. I don't know another way, you know? And, and of course I got, I'll chalk that up to my faith and my own convictions. But when I look back at, you know, how I was raised and what my dad did and how he treated people, I think that's a big part of why I'm, I, I, I like to think of myself as inclusive and welcoming and a friend to strangers because that's my, that's what my dad did. You know, so I'm excited to, uh, to train that in Eliza. I hope that, as you know, she's two years old. I hope that she sees that in some way, you know, in however way, in whatever way a two-year-old can comprehend that. I hope that she sees like, yeah, my dad, he's a friend, you know, he's a, he's a friend to anyone he talks to. He's friendly to, and he's loving and welcoming. And, and, um, yeah, there's no one that he's like, I can't, I can't. Yeah. There's no one unworthy of his love. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, Cool. Well, my next one was to teach my kids what to do with money. And this is another practical one, obviously. But um, my dad uh, really taught me kind of... how He really taught me how to save money more than anything. He didn't really... I don't really think he taught me... I can't remember him teaching me really how to spend money or invest money. Um, but he did teach me how to save money, and he taught me how to give money. Um, and I'll give you a couple of examples of those things. Like I remember, um, my dad told me pretty early on, um, I had like a, I had like a $7 allowance and I spent it every week at GameStop or not GameStop. I spent it every week at Blockbuster. Whoa. Oh yeah. Cause it was $7 plus some change, uh, tax, whatever to, to rent a video game for a week. So I got allowance every week. I got $7 and I was just terrible with money. I would just go and take my seven dollars to games or to Blockbuster. Um, it's because Blockbuster doesn't really exist anymore, and sure. GameStop still exists somehow. Um, but uh, but we would go, and I would just you know I'd slap my seven dollars on the counter, and I would be like, I want Sonic Adventure Two Battle for the GameCube, and my dad would just be sitting there shaking his head like, Oh my gosh, dude. Like, why don't you save some of this money? Yeah. And so eventually he made it a rule. Okay, you have to save 10% of what you of what I give you. So if I give you so he gave us ten dollars to make it to make it yeah. easy. Give us ten dollars a week. Here's ten dollars. Here's, you know, take a dollar, put it in your put it in like a little box, you know, saving. So he's taught me how to save in that way. And then eventually he actually started to say, Hey, here's a bank, I have a savings account for you. Every dollar you put in the savings account, I'll match it. And there's no max. Yeah. And I was like, Okay, sounds good, Dad. You know how much money I put in that bank account? <laughs> like maybe twenty dollars. And when I was, and by the time I was eight, by the time I was like ready to take advantage of that, like I need to save up for a, I need to save up for a ring. I need to save up for this, save up for that. My dad was like, "Um, yeah, I'm done with that. 
son. <laughs> like, I don't, well, I'm not going to match what you put in there now. You're over 18. Like, you're out of my house. I was like, gosh, dang it. Like, <laughs> by the time I got wise with money, dad, you know, all of a sudden he was done with it. But yeah, that was a pretty funny experience. And then generosity was another big piece. I, you know, I really want to mm-hmm. teach Lillian to be generous with money. My dad, you know, there's a story at our church. He he helped build. Uh, he was one of the of, of a couple of guys that really helped build an entire basketball court out behind the church, which was really cool. Like you know, and it was a really big act of generosity and just um, and it inspired me as well um, as far as my generosity goes. And so I really hope to be able to pass that on to Lillian. Like having these acts of generosity that she can recall and say, like, "Hey, Dad was generous." I can be generous too. Yeah. So how is that? Um, Cause you're looking through the lens of, of finances differently than most people that you're, you're an accountant, you know, this is what you've been trained to do. And, uh, and so like, do you think, you know, when, when you, when you process through like how you're going to raise the to think about money and, and all the things like what, I guess what are some modifications that you're going to do or do you even know off the top of your head? You know, what are some how how are you going to navigate it differently than how your dad did because you're you're just looking at it probably through a different lens. Yeah, I think um I think for me I well, I've really I think my dad started the journey. I think Dave Ramsey finished the journey. Come on, so, Dave. So <laughs> so that's kind of where I, you know, got a lot of my really 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 practical um knowledge and you know, things about, about money. But, um, yeah, I would say, you know, Dave Ramsey's thing. And, you know, I just said it a second ago, but it's, there's only three things you can do with money, saving and well, saving and investing, spending and giving. And so those things are super important. And that's what I want to impress upon Lillian. Um, as far as being an accountant, like there's all kinds of things you can do, like with money, you can put money in this account or that account or this 401k or, you know, Roth 401k, or you can do 529 plant. You can do all these different things with money. At the end of the day, you know, we just want to steward our money well. Yep. I want yep. to steward my money. The w- God has given me money. I'm going to steward it well for him. And so that's what I want to impress upon Lillian. Whatever she does with money, make sure you're stewarding it well. If you're going to use it, you know, for enjoyment, use it for enjoyment. Yeah. If you're yeah. going to use it for, you know, to invest in your future, Invest in your future. If you're going to use it to give and bless others, do that with all of your heart, um, and be you know be a cheerful giver. So yeah, those are the yeah. kind of things that I really. I don't think it has much to do with me being an accountant as more as you know it just has to do with um, those are the things that you can do. Yeah, yeah. Um, gosh, that's good. Yeah. Um, okay. Something. Something else, my dad. And you're seeing like a. a it's just funny. I think we're seeing the two styles of our dad's show here. You know, I think that your dad is generally more pragmatic and my dad is, uh, how do I even say this? Like, I don't know. I guess, I guess, um, cause he has goals. I'm not gonna say he's not goal oriented or, or pragmatic in a sense, but he's just, uh, well, 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 I'll just keep going and maybe someone else can articulate what I'm trying to say. Um, something my dad did, he, uh, he showed me how to have fun. And this goes certainly goes in lines with like showing me how to be inclusive and inviting me into his hobbies. Um, but one thing I thought my dad did a good job of like giving us, um, my brothers, permission to have fun. You know, like 
And we still had like I think there was still some ingrained work ethic in there of like you know, we have to go to work. Like, you know, I see my dad go to work and I see him come back home from work. Um, but he, I also saw my dad have fun and give himself permission to have fun, and uh, and that trickled down to us, you know, and that we and honestly maybe you know me and my brothers we probably a lot of times leaned too heavily on just have fun, but I'm thankful that my dad modeled that to us of like, you're, you're allowed to have fun. Like what's the point of working so hard and earning a wage or whatever, if you're not going to have fun, like go enjoy your life, have friends, go to parties, like, you know, like live, live life and, and, and enjoy it. Um, and something that, uh, my, well, so my wife, Cass and I, we, we sort of view, she naturally is like, if she has free time, she's going to fill that time. Um, you know, she's going to clean or she's going to work out or, you know, make a list of things to do eventually or like projects around the house or whatever. Like she's just, it's almost like she, she has a hard time sitting still and resting or, um, doing something intentionally. Like I'm, I'm going to go have fun. That's just not like, a you know, a lens that she tends to look through. And me, if I'm giving free time, I'm like, we're like two opposite ends of the spectrum in like bad ways. You know, Cass, Cass leans like, I'm just going to work. And I lean, if I have any free time, I'm like, I'm just going to have fun. I've earned some rest. I'm just going to enjoy it. When usually in my rest, I could be doing some more productive things like making a grocery list, you know, or yeah, making a list of like things. No, I'm not going to do that. Uh, but, uh, but you know what I'm saying? So like I, I, you know, I, I, I sort of, I'm, I probably lean closer to the unhealthy side of just having fun. But, uh, but I'm thankful that that was modeled to me of like, I have permission to have fun, go have fun with, with life. And, and I want Eliza to grow up in a house of, we work hard and we play hard. You know, we, we work hard, we get, we do our jobs, we get the wage, whatever it is, you know, but we're not going to, you know, we're not going to let life pass us by. You know, if we have, if we have, you know, two hours, let's spend, let's spend some of that time being intentional of like, no, we're going to have fun. And if something is not, you know, bringing us joy or helping us laugh in the moment as a family, like, let's stop, let's have some fun, you know, cause we've, we've earned some fun and, and we, we have permission to have fun. So yeah, that's something I'm thankful for. And, and certainly something I, I want to model well for Eliza. Yeah, there's a sacred proverb out there. I think it's Proverbs 32. Um, All work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. <laughs> and, you know, I think I think that's super important, right? That's a joke, obviously, um, for you people out there. Um, but, yeah, I think that's super important to have fun. There's, I, you know, I saw kids in high school and, and college, and they just, like, all they did all the time was either, like, they were either studying or they were working on something. Yeah, or yeah. Like or their parents were making them mow the lawn or do this or do that or weed the yard and it's like, it's like guys like you know let your kids have fun yeah and and spend some time enjoying life with your kids because I feel like you know if they're just constant you can break their spirit you know not having any kind of fun yeah and just discipline all the time every day like sure you know maybe there'll be a maybe you'll instill that fire and there'll be a you know multi gazillionaire you know um, partner at a law firm but it's like at what cost, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so if you're not enjoying life, then, I mean, God com- I mean, God commands us to enjoy life. I mean, in Ecclesiastes, you know, the, the, um, the, uh, the king is talking about, you know, 
is talking about. This is this is what God has given you in your meaningless days is enjoy your wife, enjoy your yeah. your work, you yeah. know, enjoy these things. That's that's super important. That's a super important part of life, right? Yeah. Is to enjoy yeah. life um even as a Christian. And so um cool. Well, another thing that I had was um I guess along those same lines was show my kids how to serve the Lord by doing it myself. Um my dad uh when he, you know, like I mean, I grew up kind of in the church and he led uh I mean, he led a lot of different things. He did a lot of different services at the church. He um he worked on the capital campaign where we're raising money for the new building. Um, he worked as kind of a, a leader in that space. He was a small group leader, um, connecting, we call them like connecting groups. He was a connecting group leader for several years. And then he was a connecting group leader for me and Ian, Yeah, um, which was really cool to see him serve the Lord in that way with his talents. Um, you guys might listen to the last episode. I mean, this guy is, a, I mean, he's a, he's a leader. I mean, yeah. he leads yeah. at work, yeah. he leads at home, he leads, you know, everywhere. And so it's really cool that he blessed us um, with his with his wisdom and was able to kind of follow through with that. And that inspired me, you know, to to go and use my gifts to serve the Lord as well. And I think it's super important for your kids to know um, that you're willing to serve God. And I think that'll go a long way towards uh, impressing upon them the importance of church and community and, and things like that, if that's important to you. Yeah, yeah. Um, gosh, yeah, that was a fun season, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It really was. Um, okay. Yeah. So this is my, this is the, uh, last one that I have written down here. Um, and this, this is something I, I really am thankful for. I'm thankful for all of them. And, and certainly this one is, um, my dad was, my dad was honest and I, I, I still don't know how, to, how best to, to describe what I, what I mean. But, um, like if I, if, if ever I went to my dad and the same is true today, if I go to him and ask him, pointed questions and uh, regardless of how challenging or difficult these questions are, because I've asked my dad some hard questions. He doesn't, he doesn't shy away from being honest, you know? And if he's, if he's made a mistake, if he's handled something that he's like, man, I, I could have done better there. And, and I press in and I'm just like, Hey, I, I need to know what happened here. I, I, why was, why was this ball dropped? You know, whatever. Um, he just, he's just honest. And like, and it, and he's I've seen my dad be honest in conversations that the the easy thing to do and the honestly probably the what feels safe to do is to to hide you know and to like no I'll beat around the bush um, I'll avoid telling the whole truth here because there there've been we've had some hard conversations my dad and I and I'm so thankful for them all and like our relationship would would be markedly different in a, in a bad way if we didn't have those conversations with honesty and with integrity in mind and um, with love, with like, how we want to grow from this. We want to be better from this. So how do we do that? Well, it starts with honesty, you know? Um, and I'm, I'm just really, really, really grateful for that because it took a lot of courage um, both on both our ends, on, on my end to ask some of those questions, but on his end... Um, a ton of courage and mad. I have a lot of respect for the way he's handled some of our conversations. When I've, I've asked some pretty challenging questions um, about my childhood or about just he and I's relationship. And uh, he's just been really, 
really, really honest. And there, there, there was a season in he and I's relationship where it wasn't, we, we didn't have the best relationship, you know, and I would go as far as to say that we probably just didn't really have a relationship at all. And that's what made it so bad. Um, and I'll share more of, of he and I's story and, and, and all these things. Cause I, I, I want to bring that perspective, but when things started to turn around, it was the beginning of these honest conversations. We've had several since the, the first one, but the first one was very, I asked really hard questions. I said some really hard things that were hard for me to say. It's hard for me to admit. And it was the same for, for him. And he just, I mean, I, I'm so thankful for the way that he handled that conversation because he took all of my emotion. He took my hurts. He took what I was processing. He took my questions and he met them with vulnerability. He met them with honesty you know, like, yeah, I can see that you're hurt. I can see that you have questions. Let's just, let's just go through them. And he didn't hold anything back. And I'm really, really grateful for that. There was certainly some times where I'm like, I, I, you know, there, you know, some moments I'm like, I wish I didn't have to ask that question. I wish, you know, maybe it was, we had already had it and we didn't have to, you know, wait so long to, to have that honesty. But, um, even if I think back of just when I was a kid, like, I don't remember my dad, I can, I'm, you know, I, I can't remember a time where my dad like just blatantly lied to me and I caught him in a lie. You know, like there are times where he maybe didn't say the whole truth. And I think some of that was warranted um, because of the season of life that we were in or whatever. Some of it wasn't. But but I see a lot that he did. That, well, I, don't, I don't remember my dad just lying to me, you know, and, and when I hear other other guys talk about their dads and like, yeah, my dad you know, lied about this. Lied about, like, that wasn't my experience at all. And I'm really really grateful for my dad's honesty and that has helped me form how I want to father and like it's been from day one when Cass and I are talking about what are some things that I want to do as a dad it's like I want to be honest and I yeah. want to be very forward with my with my daughter well and it teaches you not just to be honest with others but also to be honest with yourself you know and to and to look inward and see hey you know some of these things that I'm wrestling with and different things. Like I need to be honest with those yeah, things. Yeah. Um, I'm sure honestly, you know, with your, you know, you're talking about your, that first conversation that really sparked, um, sparked this renewal and revival. I mean, you know, you talk about the fact that, you know, you had to be really honest too. Yeah. You had to come yeah. in and be honest and you learned that from somewhere, you know, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, that's a great, that's a great thing. And so, um, another one that I had, um, I don't know, um, I have a couple more here. Um, one that I had was, it kind of goes back to the comparison podcast that we did before was to set a reasonable standard and hold my kids to it. Yeah. I don't think I did a very good job of saying like that standards need the standard that you set, like setting their identity out in front of them. It needs to be a reasonable sure. identity. Yeah. Like if you're telling your kid like hey, You're gonna be a gold medalist Olympian. Yeah, you're <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're gonna do you're yeah, you're gonna do X, Y, or Z. And it's like they're n- they may, but they probably won't. I mean, like, don't do that. I don't think you should do that for your to your kid. Yeah. You know, I mean yeah. they may try to meet it, but it's like if they're not built for that, I mean they're you know, it's just gonna crush them to think that their dad doesn't think that they're, you know, that they're worthy. Um, but for me, you know, I want to set a reasonable expectation for my daughter and that's kind of what my dad did for me. He did a really good job of, you know, like if I did bad on like a test in school, like let's say I got like a D on a test or something, you know, like he knew like, that's not, that's not who you are, you know? And he didn't know like that my best for that exam might've been a B, 
you know? Yeah. And he, but he would ask me to define the standard. He would kind of have an invisible standard out here, and then he would say, hey, is that the best you got? Really, is that the best you can do? And he would ask me that question, and he would, and sometimes, you know, if it was an egregious enough sin on my part, he would, <laughs> you know, he would be, he'd be holding a punishment, a discipline behind that, and saying like, hey, if you tell me that this is not the best you can do, I'm going to punish you, because you need, I mean, you need discipline and you need to, you need to be, you need to be aware of that. And so, um, and so he would hold me to that and I would be on, and he taught me honesty too. He taught me to be honest with myself and to be honest with him. And he punished me if I was not honest with him. (laughs) And so he would say, you know, is this the best you can do? And I would say, no, it's not the best I can do. Um, and I didn't know, and I always, I I still asked him this question probably about a year ago. I was like, dad, what is the bet? How do you know if you've done the best you can do? And he said, that's for you to figure out. Wow. Yeah. And I said, gosh, you know, that's not fair. You know, you should tell, you should have told me. And, uh, but he knew like he, you know, I knew what the best I could do was. And, you know, if I didn't do well on an exam or whatever, like I would ask myself, you know, even when I went off to college and dad wasn't really, you know, checking in on my grades every day and doing different things like you know, I would ask myself that question because he had built that into me to ask yourself, is this the best you got? Yeah. You know? Um, so I want to set that reasonable identity for, you know, that standard for Lillian, um, set it in front of her. Don't let the world teach her who she is or what she's capable of, but set out in front of her. Hey, you know, I know you're more than this. And that kind of ties into another one that I had, which was tell your kids how you feel about them. Yeah. Hey, yeah. I love you. You're beautiful. You're great. I think you're the coolest thing ever. Um, this isn't you. So what's what's the deal? Yeah. Why aren't yeah. you living yeah. up to this? Because I know you're this. And that instilled great confidence in me when my dad would say things like that, even yeah. though sometimes it stung because I was like, Man, but this is hard, and you know, I feel like I really can't measure up to that. He, it would make me feel like he believed in me. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I think that's really important for kids. I think that's so good because that that's there's two things there. Um, the the affirmations of of giving you not withholding that, but if you're gonna set their identity out in front of them, there is a a part of this. It's like we well, have to know who they are. You know what I'm saying? And not just like, oh, I know that my daughter's, like, Eliza, you are strong, you are brave, you are, you know, fierce, you are loved, worthy, all these things. But then it's also like, no, but I, I don't even know how to articulate what I'm trying to say. It's like you, you have to know, yeah, like I, I know so intimately, like my daughter, what she's capable of and, and areas of growth and areas that she's just excelling at and whatever. And I'm taking note of those. And that's how you can set out an identity. Like right. you can't passively do that. Yeah, that's you really can't good. just like, oh, I, I hope I got her identity right. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. take note of where your kids are, and, and that's a good reminder for me because I'm not saying that I actively do that. Like mm-hmm. right now, we're still in the phase. That I really am just giving her these. You know, I I've, I've shared this before that you know after um, after showers or tub or in the bathtub, whatever we we get look in the mirror with both kids. And we say, you know, I am strong, I'm safe, I'm brave, I'm worthy, I'm loved, um, I'm awesome, you know. And and we have her do that. And now she, you know, she says she says that to herself now and, and <laughs> she likes it. And even if she doesn't like quite know what strong yeah. means or what worthy means, but I love that she has that language and she's saying it. Yeah. But I do want to get to the point where it's like I'm I'm really paying attention to who she is and what she's learning and how she's growing. 
and to be able to give that to her. Because if she doesn't see it, you know, she doesn't see like, oh, no, I am getting better at this. Um, it goes back to the whole comparison thing we talked about where it's like I have the seat where I can look at who she is and what she's doing and say like, no, like I wish you could see me, see you through my eyes to see just how amazing you really are. Um, it goes back, you know, like I'm to do that well, you actually have to know, yeah, well, how is she growing? What is she learning and how is she developing? And to be able to give that back to her. Mm-hmm. I'm, I see this in you, yeah. like, you know, um, I guess, so yeah, I guess what I'm trying to say is that that's a really good thing to do as a parent because it challenges you to, you have to, to know them. Yeah. You can't just, pa- yeah. You can't passively yeah. give an identity to someone. You yeah. have to know who they are and that's good. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they don't always, they don't know, like they don't, kids right. don't know. They're, they're just from day to day. I mean, they're learning so many different things and kind of gathering information from different sources and so, you know, it's in that in that kind of swath of, you know, that just vast ocean of uh, information, you know, you want to be the clear, distinct voice of like, yeah. no, like, you know, the world may say that you're this or, you know, this person may say that you're that, but you're worthy, you're loved, yes. you're beautiful, you're good, you're strong. Um, those are, you know, those mean infinitely more coming from a father's voice than they do coming from, you know, some random person on the internet. Sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's really good. Um, did you have another one or you don't want me to? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Um, so I had one that I felt like my dad did really well and we talked about it a little bit, um, on the episode when we had him on as a guest, but setting aside unique times and, um, experiences like snapshots with your kids, um, that's something I really want to do um, with Lillian uh, and our future kids is like, you know, uh, like I shared the story about me going on a fishing trip with him. We went out in the woods and, and took a picture together and kind of, you know, just savored that moment. But, um, there, you know, there's other times when dad has done that, you know, like we, you know, playing basketball in the, in the you know, in the uh, driveway and just um, doing different things like that. I mean, that meant a lot. That time meant a lot, of, a lot to me. And it was special time, you know, and he creates opportunities like that still today. You know, I'll be over there on Saturday morning for breakfast and, um, you know, we have that little tradition. And then maybe in the early afternoon, he goes, hey, I got to run to Lowe's. Do you want to come with me? And that's an invitation, you know, hey, let's go have a moment together. You know, let's and, and it may not it may not amount to anything. You know, we may just go and, you know, pick up the, you know, uh the whatever it is we need to pick up the spark spark uh yeah. whatever yeah. what is it <laughs> linky spark tube yeah the linky spark tube uh but you know i mean that that's good that's good time spent with my dad and it's it could be an opportunity for something really cool um but i want to do that with lillian and dad did the same thing with my sister he would take you know he takes her to the nutcracker every year um, nutcracker oh my god and uh yeah, he takes her to the Nutcracker, and you know they have a great time every year doing that, and like that's a really special thing that he has. And I think if we, I think if you know, I had two more, you know, brothers or sisters, I think he would have unique things and yeah. experiences that he did with each one of them. Um, and I want to do that for my own kids. Like however many we have, I really want to have a unique thing that we do together. And it's cool because your kids get to kind of speak into that. Yeah, like I looked up to my dad because he was big and tall, and like he liked to play basketball, and I'm not necessarily like the greatest basketball player. I just like to go out cause I, you know, cause I'm tall and like, you know, whatever. And so, you know, I would shoot baskets with him and that was our special thing. And I got to speak into that because that's just kind of how I 
was. That's just yeah. like what I wanted to do. And Emily was the same way. Like dad took her to the nutcracker and she, she could have said, Hey, I don't really like this, but you know, she loves that. She savors that time with yeah. him. And so yeah. I want to do that for, for my kids as well. There's a, there's a book. Um, I'm going to butcher this. I think it's right. I, th- I think it's called the power of moments. Mm. And it's a, I, th- I would say it's probably more of like a leadership book than, than anything else, but it, it just processes through, yeah, like how do you create a, a moment, you know, with your with your staff or with um, your family or, you know, whatever. And uh, and just speaking, you know, thinking of that moment that, that you and, and Sean had, and, and I have those moments with my dad. And, and But it would be cool to go into fatherhood looking through the lens of like, how do I intentionally every year, every quarter, whatever it is, like methodically create a moment for my kids, mm. you know? And so, um, anyway, yeah, the, the book's called the power of moments and it, and it, it uh, it process like these five things. I can't remember off the top of my head, but, um, it's a really, really cool perspective of how do you, how do you create a meaningful lasting moment? And like, there are some, there's like sort of a science to it, you know, of like mm. how, how you can create a, a moment with your, again, with your team, family, or with your kid, whatever it is. So yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I did have one more that I thought was really good, which was showing love to my wife in um, just in front of the kids. Yeah. You know, whether that's resolving an argument or whether that's, um, you know, giving her a kiss on the cheek or giving her a hug or like, you know, telling her what I love about her, or th- you know, these kind of things. I think it's really important for dads to show, you know, that they love, you know, their spouse and because um, it creates that foundation know for the kids and and just different things like that so um so i want to do that for lillian and just show her like hey mom and dad are are safe and we love each other and we love you and this is a this is a good foundation for you um and you know we're not going anywhere we're not going to do anything um and i think that that's super important because my parents did that too like my dad would you know, they resolved arguments together in front of us, yep. you know, and it wasn't like, it wasn't like they argued in front of us, but, and they did sometimes, but like, you know, it was always respectful and they would resolve those things like, you know, make up and, you know, Hey, like let's have dinner. And, um, they never like stormed off into different rooms or do anything like that. I, I always felt safe. I always felt like my parents had a, a strong marriage and good stuff. And I know that they had a little bit behind closed doors of issues because every parent, every, every marriage has that. But, um, but I felt like, you know, them letting me in on the reality of their marriage and also the fact that they loved each other, you know, was really important. Yeah. Um, and it showed me, it taught me the way my dad was tender, you know, toward my mom and the way that he, um, loved her and spoke to her that, that all informed, you know, the way that I love my wife, you know, and all that stuff. Um, a really funny, I'll tell on him, uh, a really funny experience I had when I was older. I was probably 16, maybe a little older than that. My dad has never, he's never like laid a hand on me. Like we, I mean, like I got spanked a couple of times as a kid, but like most of my punishments and disciplines were like, oh, you're grounded or oh, like timeout, whatever. Um, but one time I was very disrespectful to my mother about something and my dad slapped me across the face oh. as like a 16-year-old, 17-year-old kid. And I was dumbfounded because he had never done anything like that before. But he, t- he, look- he grabbed my shoulders and he looked me in the eye and he said, never disrespect my wife like that. Wow. 
wow, talk about sucking the air out of somebody's lungs. Yeah. I said, <gasps> <laughs> and also my dad has gigantic ham hands. He's a big dude. Dude, he's huge. And, uh, you know, and he like smacking me across the face and then grabbing me. I think part of grabbing me was like to impress upon me in that moment of like, hey, don't talk to my wife like that. But also in that moment of like, hey, are you okay? Because like I have giant, I have gigantic hands. Um, but yeah. yeah, it was, it was, that was, that, that impressed upon me the importance of like hey that like that's not just my mom yeah like that's my dad's wife and you know i'm not saying ever do that to your kids but i'm just you know that was because he laughed we laugh at that today and he's like i didn't mean to do that i just in that moment you know i just wanted to impress upon you yeah and um and yeah but i it was really powerful for me to know like hey you know they have this relationship and you know I'm not as important as that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. you brought me into this world. I could take you right out. <laughs> <laughs> so it was pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I think, um, well, I, yeah, I hope this has been helpful for you listeners as we, as we process through, you know, the things that our dad did. If you haven't done that, you know, like take a pause and look through like how you were parented and, um, what so things that you want to do or things you're like, okay, I'd probably, I probably won't do that, but I'd really like to do that. Um, man, think, think through those, you know, cause uh, the odds are is that whether Michael and I had this conversation or not, or even had or thought about these things, we probably would just instinctively do these, you know, cause it's like probably just in our minds, you yeah. know, of like, yeah, this is what my dad did. I love that. I'm just going to naturally do that. You know, and there are probably some things that our dads did that we don't want to do that we're probably just naturally going to do, Yep, you know? But uh, but to to think about it and and put it in words and process it out loud, I don't know. This has been it's been helpful for me. So I, I hope I hope this content is is helpful for you guys. Yeah, and I mean, we'd love obviously to hear from y'all. Yes. Like, what is one thing that your dad did that you want to replicate in your own fathering? Um, we're excited to hear from you. Please email us at dadsbestguess at gmail dot com. Yep. Um, and uh, remember to leave a like, subscribe, do all the things, uh, leave a review. Uh, we'd love to hear from you uh, in that way as well. Yep. Go to the Patreon. We'll put a link down there. Uh, no, there's nothing. There's no paywall there. It's just a way that we'd love to interact with you. So we post our we post a show and and um, would love to hear your thoughts on on all the things. If you don't want to write an email because you're like, no, my email stresses me out and gives you a panic attack, just go to the Patreon. Go to the Patreon, um, and one day we'll have a paywall, and we'll have all kinds of cool merch and different things. Oh, but All that, the cool merch. That day the is, best mugs. That day is years and years away. We got time. Unless you keep sharing the podcast. So <laughs> hurry up and share so we can start making merch for y'all. Come on. Come on. Yep. Won't he do it? <laughs> uh, okay. Michael, as we as we bow out of here, you got a you got you got a dad joke? Oh yeah. Go? I got I, I got a dad joke. Can't wait. Here we go. Okay. So five ants move into an apartment. Another five ants move into the same apartment. Now they're tenants. God, that's horrible. <laughs> that's so bad. That's a great one. What are you talking about? <laughs>